G'day and welcome to Radio Notes, where those in music talk life and those in life chat music and more. Today's guest, I believe, will be part of a Listen Up music gig in 2022, in the first couple of months or so. I'll get more details for you and I'll post that on our socials at Radio Notes Podcast. It was very nice to sit back and have a chin wag with this lovely human. I hope you enjoy it. Benjamin Trelato, at age of 12, wiped the dust from their father's guitar and got down to writing songs across the following years to find them in their tertiary years being mentored by Ainsley Wills and Jesse Hooper. Official debut single, Glue, was followed by First Kiss, and now the latest is Worth, worked on with respected sound engineer John O'Steer, as well as with Grammy-nominated mastering engineer Joe Cara. Benjamin is also an artist that can flex to the times they find themselves in, doing a series of online shows from very personal locations. I've been avoiding talking about the times we're in because obviously these interviews are meant to sit in a space that's in the future. As part of this, you've been doing the virtual tour, which is including most rooms within your own house. How have the virtual tours been going that have been featuring a number of artists, including Miller, Huck Hustings, and the very popular TBC? I haven't seen TBC for a very long time. <laughs> How's the tour been going? Yes, that- TBC was a guy named Hugh and he was during the first week and that was in my bedroom. And that was, yeah, it was really, it's so weird, like not being able to have an actual show and just be on stage and having to do it sort of through a phone. It's, it's a very strange thing, but yeah, it was, it went really well. Like I actually never met Hugh and we met online. So it's just, it's such a 2020 way to like meet someone. (laughs) Last week, um, I had Miller on and yeah, she was, she was amazing as well. And I did that in my bathroom. Like I set up a little stage for myself in my bathroom, probably a lot of um, health hazards, but yeah, that was nice. And then. Well, when you um, say health hazards, like obviously black mold, it's a bit of an issue I've got at the moment. Look, you just try to get rid of it and it just keeps on coming back and you're like, well, Do I really want a hot shower? Yes, I do. Do I really want black mould? Well, I really want a hot shower. So I'm also thinking, uh, you know, the slip mats and all those kind of things as well. Did you take any precautions? Did you not shower for a couple of days? What precautions did you take for the bathroom tour? (laughs) Well, I didn't really think it through that much, really. (laughs) I was just like, let's just chuck a bunch of things in there and see what happens. I did place like some mats down in the bathroom so that like my keyboard didn't slip and stuff like that. So I did a bit of that, some safety things in place. (laughs) So who's the final guest? Huck Hastings, it will be the final guest. Yeah. So I'm really keen. I've never met him, um, but I heard his music online and I was like, this is amazing and i'd love to have him and he was down so so is miller the only one that you may have known prior yeah miller we actually have played a couple gigs together so we've played before and we also volunteer at the same organization called minus 18 they're just a place that puts on events for queer youth and we both volunteer at that so we kind of are connected in a lot of different ways. Minus 18 does some huge work around We're at Purple Day, for example. I'm not sure if they're the yeah. organiser of it, but they definitely have their stamp across that. 
I'm thinking it was 15. I may have the age wrong, but the year was 2013 is my understanding. Troy Savan video. Troy Savan, he's a YouTuber and also now he's just like this huge pop star. I was very much like a YouTube kind of kid. I loved like watching YouTubers just like live their lives and stuff. It was interesting to me as a kid. Um, and was one of the first YouTubers that I saw that came out as gay really, really resonated with me because I also was still in the closet at the time. And yeah, watching his video, I kind of, I went on a spiral and just started watching so many other like coming out videos. And a lot of them made me feel a lot more comfortable with who I was. And I was like, oh, I'm not the only one I'm out there. And there's people that are like sort of in the limelight that are comfortable with themselves. And I found that really inspiring. He was sort of a pivotal point in my like coming out sort of story. He's sort of sparked that fire in me sort of to just embrace myself. But it was also just a, I think a buildup of just feelings of knowing that I wasn't completely being myself and like going through years of, um, having to deal with like like omitting things about who I was to friends and family and people that I loved like it just it didn't sit well with me so he was definitely um a part of that journey to like inspire me to embrace myself more as well as like um a bunch of other people that were out there like just being themselves um but yeah, it was it was it was a build up of things across any cultural part of life, really. May it be sexuality, right through to to race, for example, that you have people that you can see and relate to. Now that you've hit twenty two, now that you are becoming and are an adult, how do you see your role in being part of the next generation's understanding of identity? Yeah, huge question. I guess for me, like, I just really want to embrace myself and show that other people can do that. And, like, as a queer person, as an Asian person, like, I want to be able to be that role model for some little queer Asian kid (laughs) that just, like, sees me and sees themselves maybe in me. And I just want to be able to show them that they can fully be themselves and um, embrace who they are without that sort of fear of rejection. Because I think I, I try and do that in my music just by like telling my story because a lot of it's very personal and I don't really hide anything. I guess it's just to be an inspiration to to those kids it's an awkward feeling isn't it, to say those words now but if i ask you the same question in a decade or two decades time from now it, it's just going to be somewhat obvious if you continue on the trajectory you are worth is the new single and that in itself has a narrative that very much speaks to that and in, in terms of being comfortable within the body that you have I want to ask you about the lyrical content of Worth. Was it one of those two-minute songs over a beverage or was it a a two-, three-month discovery? 
it was one of those things where I just had the guitar line that's at the beginning and throughout most of the song. I mean, that was the main thing that I had. And then I just had the the melody that I kept repeating. I had the the first verse to that song, but I didn't really know what it was about. I just had written it and I was like, okay, what is this? And then I kind of just went away from it for a while. And then one day just came back to it. And then it, the rest of the song wrote itself. And I don't know what happened, but I think it was sort of just when you're in your twenties and you're having those like feelings of self doubt and what am I doing with my life? And there was a lot of that, that thinking in my head at the time. And then those words kind of just came out. And then when I looked back at song, I realized what it was about. What do you think was going on whilst Worth was presenting itself to you as a song? I've always had issues with how I perceive myself and the way that I look and if I, I, I'm not, if I'm attractive enough or um, that kind of thing. And that that um, idea is kind of always around, but especially when you're in your early 20s, you know, like trying to love and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that always kind of presents itself and it so it takes me back to being in a closet and really thinking about how I acted and trying not to be too feminine, sort of out myself. And I I felt like I was constantly thinking about like how I walked, how I talked, how I presented myself. And I think it was just kind of when I was writing Worth, it was a mix of all of those things. Or I guess like a lot of that thinking still sort of comes back to even today and that's why worth kind of came out when is a moment when you did feel worth i honestly it's like so cheesy but (laughs) i find a lot of it when i'm on stage and i'm just playing my songs i I feel totally just myself and i feel like i'm really embracing who i am i feel like I'm 100% being myself and I'm playing music. It's it's weird, but I, that's just how it feels. I'm sure those moments are very much you and the audience, but on stage with Ben Abrahams performing She with no less than Vance Joy in the Blimmin' audience. How great must you have been <laughs> feeling at that point? Yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. Like I really, really look up to Ben Abraham so much. He's definitely a songwriter that, I'm just like in love with to be able to play one of his songs with him was just it was an awesome moment it was like it felt it's sort of almost like validating like he he was someone that I looked up to and now I was playing a song with him like it was just a wild concept and then also Vance Joy just sitting in the audience was a crazy thing like I remember he sat at my table and just came up was like hey nice to meet you just like an average dude and I was like hey cool like <laughs> you're not Vance Joy it's uh, you're just some average guy you know? <laughs> he's so tall I did not realize really that. He's so no he's not tall he's huge <laughs> he's short with curly hair that's Vance Joy <laughs> that's what I always thought like I really always thought that but no he's he's massive <laughs> 
You learn something new every day. Uh, ben Abrahams, by the way, has been working with the chicks on their brand new single. I want to say Kesha as well, maybe yeah. getting confused with someone else. Ben, I think Ben yeah. did Kesha, didn't he? Yeah, he did the Praying song. His album Sirens, his, his own work, it's um, a stunning record. Have you listened to Ben's album? I listened to a little bit of it. The song that we did together was She, and that is actually probably one of my favourite songs on the record. So that was really, really cool. Yeah, it's it's beautiful. It's an awesome record. And there's an ode to his mother as well, which uh, uh, sort of segues us into how was it opening up to the parents about your identity and who you actually are? It was really hard, like, just to even admit it to myself, really. I was scared because my parents would often say like sort of homophobic things in passing, like just seeing gay couples or something, they might say something that's a bit offensive. And I always like kept that in my mind. I came out to my dad um, one night and I just like bawled my eyes out, cried, you know, that big whole thing. (laughs) Um, And it was fine. Like he just told me that he loves me and like it didn't change anything. And my mom was the same the next day. She just really, she just hugged me. It wasn't all like easy. Like they had questions and it was a bit confusing for them, I guess, because they, they grew up really not really not knowing anyone that was gay well, to their knowledge. And so they just grew up very differently without, without that. Yeah, just without that knowledge. Um, so there were definitely some questions. Nothing really changed. As a kid, I thought I was so scared, like so many things would change, but it really didn't, not much changed. I want to know what you found worth in back when you were a child, because that idea of worth when you are a teenager, child sort of era, so early teens, let's say, can very much come from sometimes the parents or the family members that because they are the closest and uh, who you're spending the most time with. Where did you find your worth then? What was worthy of Benjamin's time at that point? Where did I find worth as a kid? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, where did you find worth? Where, where I guess, did you find a sense of worthiness for you and your time and your being and yourself? I guess I, it always, it kind of always comes back to music because <laughs> I play like as a kid, I really like sort of found myself when I st- I picked up the guitar and I was like, oh, this is, it was just a crazy feeling where it was like, I knew that I wanted to do this and I, I knew that I had a purpose and I think, um, I don't know if I knew it at the time, but when I picked up the guitar and I started playing and I started singing, I was sort of making the stepping stones to being able to write about myself and embrace myself more. So I think it started maybe there when I, when I really started playing music. You also have released a lot of music online um, over those times. The Settler Tell You, for example, are a couple of songs that I've scribbled down as being pretty ace. But let's talk about Highway, which is another one of those songs. Uh, driving to find peace of mind. Is that something you do, that you go for a drive to, to clear the mind, to sort out the cogs in the head? Yeah. Yeah, like it definitely 
is one of those things, even just like being on a train, it's just, is definitely a time where you can sit down and it just puts my mind at ease. And yeah, that song, that's a, that's an old song. Yeah. I haven't really thought about that song in a while. Um, but that song is probably also ties in with worth in that like, it is about finding that peace of mind and that peace of mind I found really like in embracing myself. Confidence in a drink. Have there been some issues over the years in regards to that, where you've used a substance as a protector of your feelings? Yeah, I think I often would, you know, that like liquid courage kind of thing often would drink because I felt like I would have more fun, you know, if I, if I drank more or I felt like if I drank more, I'd be able to tell a boy that like I liked him or something, you know, that kind of thing, like using yeah substances to just feel confident or feel better about myself. And I realized that like, especially like during uni days, you kind of, there's a lot of like parties and stuff and I realized I was not just like drinking socially. I, I found myself sometimes drinking for a reason. And yeah, that's, that's pretty troubling <laughs> when you realize that. <laughs> because it's then allowing the drink to be part of your worth. Yeah, it's it, it kind of like become part of your routine, almost like going out. It's not a good thing. Like you need to realize that you can do those things without external substances and stuff like that like you can I can still be confident without a drink and I can still have fun with my friends without a drink that's it's it's possible (laughs) because when we're talking about worth a lot of people degrade their worth by the actions they do whilst they're in that state and I'm not judging them it's just matter of fact that you've had a few and you're not in control of all your facilities at that very time a lot of people go through that and like worth kind of it it is about definitely about being queer and um feeling unworthy but it it is a a bunch of other things you know like it it's it kind of covers a lot of just being insecure like with yourself and certain things about you that brings us to the film clip for worth Filmmaker performer Jacob Edmonds has danced through his own home for the film clip. Can you talk to us about the storyboards and what Edmonds went through? Yeah, so um, I found Jacob just pretty much on Instagram and I really, really loved the videos that he was creating and the way that he um, danced and moved to music. And really, I just got him a message on Instagram um, and I was like, hey, I really like your stuff. Do you want to like dance for my music? And he was like, yeah, totally. And he was just completely down. Um, And I just really wrote a really brief description. And I was like, I just want it really simple and really whatever your interpretation is of my song, like through movement, because he's like, I'm an artist. He's an artist. Like we have different ways of viewing things. And I wanted his his perception of the song and yeah he sent me this massive message and was like I really resonated with the song and I felt so emotional like every time I listened to it and danced to it and you can see that in the video I mean you can see that he's really connected with it he did a 
incredible job. Can you now talk to us about the artwork of the album and the artistic interpretation? Who's on board for that? Yeah, with the artwork, it was actually something that I just like edited together and created from um, some stock images. And I just saw this image really of like I, I I was trying so hard to come up with an image that really like represented the song and. I always, for some reason, like saw mirrors when I thought of this song. And I thought like this song was also just about reflecting on yourself, having the artwork as a mirror and sort of a flower that is growing, but also still kind of wilted, like really represented what the song was about. Like, it, you know, learning to love yourself, making the steps to, to that place, to embracing yourself. There's that hunch of vulnerability that's both in Jacob's dance as well as in the single cover of particularly, I'm talking about the flower there, um, how it's hunched over, peering, but still doubtful mm. in its looks, not, not that chin-up confidence that others might have in the flower, like a sunflower, for example, in the world that's always reaching for the brightness. This, this flower has more of a, a hunch Here on Radio Notes right now is an exclusive down-the-line acoustic performance of Benjamin Trelato's latest single, Worth. into my conscience Chin me up and spit me out I'll leave a bit of taste of Remember that I won't back down Tired of trying to fit my confidence in a drink. I'm tired of never feeling comfortable in my own skin. I wanna look in my face. I want a lot of shape I'm in But the voice that drowns desire Keeps telling me that I won't win I just gotta remember Second that I'm living, I desire of every breath that I've been given. No, I won't go if I know that I am not who No, I am not. I am not who No, I am not. 
preach into my conscience Chew me up and spit me out I'll leave a bit of taste of Remember that I won't bite still got work but trying is a step I'll take to get to know what I deserve cause I'm gonna look in my face I'm gonna love the shape I'm in I'm gonna know all of my insights and be comfortable in my skin I just gotta remember that I am worth every second that I'm living I deserve every breath that I've been given oh I won't go if I know that I am not who oh, I am worth every second that I'm living I deserve every breath that I've been given No, I won't go If I know that I am not who I own No, I am not I am not Currently joined by Benjamin Trelato, mentored by Annalise Wills and Jesse Hooper. What did Annalise and Jesse bring you individually or separately to your songwriting? Yeah, so I went to a uni called Collarts and both of them were teachers there. And Ainsley was a huge part in, she was my vocal teacher for most of the time there. And she's an amazing, like amazing vocalist. And she taught me a lot about, a, a lot, especially about the um, using your voice as like timbre and emoting and that kind of thing. And Jesse taught me a lot about mainly the Melbourne music industry and all of those practical things like dealing with like music engineers and stuff like that. And, and also um, he was part of um, judging us every week when we would perform. So he definitely gave a lot of 
tips in terms of how to perform and how to use dynamics and that kind of thing on stage. Talk us a bit more through what you can of that difference that your voice has thanks to Annalise and her teachings. She would give me a lot of suggestions for musicians to listen to. And some of the musicians that she'd give me was like Rufus Wainwright. And you can learn a lot just from like listening to someone and trying to mimic what they do. And I, I, she allowed me to do a lot of that. Like with Rufus, his very strong sort of like vibrato and his ability to sustain a lot of like long notes. And then she also sent me some Jeff Buckley as well. And he just has a way of really, really emoting with his voice and creating a lot of different intricate melodies and that kind of thing. How does First Kiss fit into your repertoire of music that you're setting up for yourself? Yeah, First Kiss was kind of a, it was a little experiment because I'd never really played with a band before. I'm so used to just playing my acoustic stuff. I, I really gravitate towards a lot of music that is like that. And First Kiss was just, it was, it came about because it was after uni, I believe. And a lot of the people on that song were just friends of mine from uni. Um, So we all had like played together at some point and then we just decided why not um, play as a band. And yeah, like I did actually um, enjoy playing those songs with the band and recorded it with them. and it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting because I, I really love like playing acoustically and doing that kind of thing. So I feel like Glue was the acoustic song, First Kiss was the band song, and then Worth is, it's kind of a mix of those two. And it's because Worth doesn't necessarily have a band in it, but sort of towards the end of it, it becomes more expansive and big like as if there was a band obviously you've worked with ben abrahams and i acknowledge that you're a benjamin but not a ben but who would the third ben be if you were to go on tour probably ben howard good call good call yeah i reckon i reckon that would be a good time ben abraham yeah i'm gonna go with it ben howard Everyone can dream. Let's put it out there. Talk about who's worked on this track. You've had some great engineers and it's sometimes good to talk about because you've had one who's worked with the great Eliza Hull and that is Jono Steer. Jono really, I had listened to a lot of his work. Like he'd worked with Greta Ray and um, Angie McMahon as well. And just listening to his stuff, I really, really loved his sound and I was like, I need his ears on this track. So I basically just shot him a message and I got to go down to Castle Maine, which is where his studio is at, the Perch Studios. It's just this little cute studio that he built, nice and really intimate. It was really nice. Like he made it very comfortable for me. And he's just such a like humble dude, like, and so patient. A lot of the time, like recording can be pretty daunting, you know, especially if, Maybe the engineer is not that friendly or something, <laughs> but he's such a like such a joy to to work with. Going into the studio, it was supposed to be to record the demo, just to lay down what the ideas that we had. But 
when we recorded it, I was kind of, I was pretty happy with how it sounded. So he was like, do you want to just use it? <laughs> so we did that. So I went in actually thinking I was just recording the demo and then came out with the full song. The mindset you went into, Benjamin, was that this is just going to be a demo. This is just going to give me an idea of what to build on. And then because of the confidence that Jono does bring to artists, you went, Let, let's just work for another couple of hours or what, whatever the case was. Yeah, like we only did about maybe three or four vocal takes um, of the song. And I think it did sort of allow me to just be more relaxed and not to think so hard about the song. And I think like sometimes you can hear when a song has been really like worked on and thought about. And I really just wanted this song to feel like it was how it feels when I'm on stage and just um, performing. And it's very like raw. And I think going into that and thinking it was a demo, it just allowed me to, to do that. Joe Cara is also on this. What did Joe bring to the party then? Jono and Joe are, mates so Jono pretty much was just like who who are you thinking of mastering this track and I really didn't know many mastering engineers um so he was like you're, you're just oh opening God. your contact list going well you know this guy's worked with Beyonce I might get them to do it <laughs> maybe yeah we'll see <laughs> Jono pretty much was just like I can send it over to my friend um Joe Cara from Crystal Mastering and he'd worked on like the Teske Brothers last album I'm pretty sure as well so I was like yes please <laughs> please do that and yeah we got him on board and he pretty much just made the song sound a lot more pristine and friendly for radio you know and just kind of like the icing on top of the cake <laughs> at the moment it's a standalone single with the other two obviously so what is that thought on releasing your music where are you at do we expect to see a benjamin record in the next year or two or are you more about getting an ep what's the magic mix that's happening behind the scenes in terms of releasing songs the albums right now for me i think like logistically and like money wise as well <laughs> it just makes sense to putting out singles i think especially for where i'm at right now with the number of people like listening to my music, I think it makes more sense to be able to focus on releasing singles and putting all my time and effort into those things and making them a focal point. Because I feel like sometimes with releasing an album, some songs can get lost, you know? And I really want a lot of my songs to like shine on their own. And maybe in the future, an, an EP, an album, probably an EP first, just to test the waters. I want to ask you about the real songwriters of Melbourne, opposed to the fake songwriters of Melbourne, which I'm sure are their own club. Yeah. But seriously, the real songwriters of Melbourne seems to be an outfit that you've done some performances with. Yeah, the real songwriters of Melbourne. So that's run by a lady called Jenna. Um, Marina and she's just like the loveliest person and she um, there was pretty much a little competition that was going on I forgot what year it was a couple of years back and yeah it was just a, a little competition that she created for a bunch of song local songwriters in Melbourne to get together and form and 
tell stories. And it was just a, a really, a really lovely place to be open and mix with a lot of different artists. And yeah, she's, she's been doing a couple of those for the past few years and also doing some little podcasts type things on Instagram, just chatting to a lot of local songwriters that she loves. Yeah. It's a little project that she created of artists from Melbourne that she she's really into and um, she's a huge supporter of local music and that's an amazing thing to have. And whilst live gigs aren't happening at the moment, what's that sense of community you do get from the live music scene there in Melbourne, Victoria, in Australia? Yeah, it's uh, a lot of it is just like live streams. <laughs> a lot of it is those in those bad quality Instagram live streams, unfortunately, that we have to endure. But there is things like organization called Muso, and they've created like this group of musicians and they have meetings together and stuff. Um, and there's a, there's a lot of places online and a lot of live streams where you can learn a lot about the industry and how to go about making connections and stuff like that online in this really weird time. Yeah, I noticed Cassie of Peachy Entertainment, which you may not know about, and that's, that's fine, has been doing that sort of series as well, where it's just a chance whilst in that isolation at home to actually have the conversation, but with a few more other people than just that one-on-one at the pub. And people are learning a lot from that environment as well, where she might be talking to a fellow industry person, but musicians can then tap into some of that logic or, I guess, theory that's no better word for it, really, the theory of the music industry and just finding out what the next step will actually be. A lot of people find their worth, which is the name of the current single, in celebrities and what they do or don't do or what we perceive they do. What's your understanding of celebrity and how you might fit into it, Benjamin, in the future? Oh, God. (laughs) I can't imagine being a celebrity. The idea just freaks me out a bit like especially being like a huge celebrity and not being able to like go outside and just go to I mean we can't do that now but mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean I, I I don't know if I would want to be a celebrity it's a lot it's a lot of pressure it seems why do we put well I don't but other people do why do they put so much emphasis on celebrity in terms of their own worth and I guess a lot of that's got to do with marketing but what's your thoughts on it uh, I guess, yeah, marketing is a huge thing, but just social media, like we're constantly on it and we're constantly berated by like images of celebrities and it's really easy to compare yourself to them, especially when it's just readily available like on your screen, you know? And when it's mixed with friends on your feed, as well as celebrities, like the, I guess the lines can kind of blur and you, and they also become something that you just really want, I guess. Like you, you want to look like them. You want to have their clothes. You want to like seeing those images every day would just kind of make you want to be them, I guess. Who's a celebrity that you say, Hey, when I am looking at my phone, you're doing all right. Respect you as a celebrity, as a person doing what you're doing. Who's that person or people? Maybe it's a band. Um, 
Yeah, I'm trying to think. That's a hard one. I'm not too sure if I can think of someone in my feed that I that sounds mean <laughs> that I really respect. <laughs> but uh, um, I can think of like a artist that well, I guess she's not really on social media, but um, Janice Ian, the singer songwriter, she wrote that song at seventeen. I think I've I've watched like a couple of her videos and I just like really love how she speaks on stage and she's very candid and I really try and embody a lot of what if she does on stage when I'm on stage and so she's definitely like an artist that I look up to. She would still be alive, wouldn't she, Janice? Yes? She is, yeah. Yeah, she is. She posts some stuff on her Facebook sometimes. Because like, is she from the seventies? I'm thinking she's seventies for some <laughs> reason. She's not from the seventies, is she? Uh, do you mean she was like big in the seventies? Yeah. 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 Cool. I do have her records. I was just like, are we talking about someone different? Like, how does he know about yeah. Janice? You know? <laughs> next, next he'll be like talking about. Next he'll be. Well. Next he'll be talking about Patty Smith. <laughs> Legend. <laughs> You've got a tune called Celebrity. Yeah. We've we've mentioned about the idea of celebrity just there. Was there a particular artiste or a particular celebrity who was, or was it the Woody Allen film that I'm sure you've never seen? What was it about celebrity <laughs> that set you on this path for this very song we're about to hear? I was spending a lot of time on Instagram, as you do, and just like scrolling through my feed, I found myself sometimes like comparing myself, not even to celebrities, even to just people, friends that are in sort of the music scene that were like doing better than me or like dressing better than me or, and also like big celebrities as well. And then I just wanted to write something that was about how much we look up to people on social media and especially celebrities and how that can be pretty unhealthy. The idea that they're musicians, but what they wore actually mattered. Yeah. <laughs> That right there yeah, is the problem. Yeah, exactly. It's like, like a, even a huge part of like why I would, I I it would I would find it hard to release music because I knew it was such a, a process, and I knew that it was like a lot of the time, it's like you have to get your aesthetics right, you have to have the right photos, you have to be wearing the right thing in your photos so that it aesthetically goes with how you sound you know there's a there's a lot of those things to think about when releasing music and I don't think a lot of people think about it too often they just think you're putting out a song you know it's it's easy but like I would often struggle with like oh I I really don't want to like have to take photos of myself for this like for this single and it's it's not something that you have to do but it is it is what a lot of musicians do, you know, change aesthetic for a certain song. And in some ways, like, I do like that, but I do feel that pressure to be up to par with where everyone else is. I've been told that you've taken your own photo. I haven't seen the image yet, but I like the fact that you had to be self-reflective as you've started talking there on what image you're going to provide that's there in the show notes, radionotespodcast.com, for people to have a look at. Yeah, like I I took it 
in the corner of my bathroom. I was like really awkwardly sitting on top of like my bathtub and then I just put a tripod on and I took photos. You know, like I've always loved photography, but I never, I don't think I know enough about it to like properly do it professionally. Um, But I was like, hey, why not just take these of myself because I'm so uncomfortable with the idea of someone taking photos of me. And also it's difficult like right now to do that. But it was mainly like that I didn't know if I'd be comfortable with someone taking photos of me or if they'd get the image that I wanted. So I just did it myself in my bathroom. Talking about celebrity, just there we were talking about what you wear and and the image that you need to portray as musician. There are so many, I know you can name these as well, where it's all about the image, but it's that's the only substance that they bring to the music sometime. And we won't name people on the record because I can't afford the, the lawsuit, but that's still very much happening in the music industry. Why are people so attracted to that? Why are you even possibly attracted to those quote-unquote musicians where it's all about the substance of their fashion more than it is about the music? I don't know what it is. I guess it's it's because it's like the first thing that you see, that the first, like you can judge just very, very quickly. And so if someone doesn't, I guess, I don't know, look the way that you want them to look it's probably a selfish way to think but that's just I guess how a lot of us think then it's really easy to just be like okay I'm not gonna put time and effort into this person and it's a dumb way to think but like I definitely have done that at times and sometimes the best thing is like when you think that someone is gonna sound horrible or something and they're amazing and just blows your mind so it really goes to show that like you really can't judge a book by its cover. We're joined by Benjamin Tridolato. This is a tune I have not heard from him before, and it's called Celebrities here on Radio Notes, an exclusive acoustic performance. enemy point in other things I need fixed staring at this box it fits in between my fingertips it's as if I live between those walls with all these celebrities so beautiful and clean, perfect skin and teeth, all with bodies that were sculpted in perfect symmetry. All these celebrities, so beautiful on screen, touching up the skin, selling an image of what I should be. And they're saying you could look just like Thank you. 
Follow it like sheep, oh, this system we believe in where our worth is only valued by the like. All these manufactured photographs of faces prodded and poked at, oh, perfection, it is rotting our minds. Though these celebrities so beautiful and clean, perfect skin and teeth, always oh, bodies that were sculpted in perfect symmetry. All oh, these celebrities, so beautiful on screen, touching up the skin, selling unimaginable, but I should be. And they're saying you could look just like me. Just follow this routine, lose a couple keys. Change the way you dress in every single feature. Why be when you could be me? Celebrity, oh, all these celebrities so beautiful and clean, perfect skin and teeth, all oh, with bodies that were sculpted in perfect symmetry. All oh, these celebrities so beautiful on screen, touching up their skin. Selling an image of what I should be And they're saying you could look just like You could look just like me The sounds of Celebrities by our guest Benjamin Gelado performed live and acoustically via the interwebs have you yourself, Benjamin, ever been a sheeple? Have you ever followed something because other people were following it in a big way? Probably, yeah. I mean, I guess, like, I have an iPhone, so <laughs> so it's like that's probably the the biggest thing. I don't know. I think we all do it sometimes or, you know, you follow someone because you think they're hot or something. I'm definitely not someone who's just, like, perfect on social media. What are you looking forward to as you head to like 2730? Hopefully after this whole pandemic and everything. <laughs> oh, that's going um, on, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Forgot for a second. Yeah, hopefully. Like I really want to be playing in other countries. You know, I've played like really just in Melbourne and like I've played twice in Sydney. So I haven't really explored other places where music lives and thrives. Mm -hmm. So I'd really love to like go to the UK or like us and just see what the music scene is kind of over there and see how people react to my music to obviously share with musicians great great you can do that uh yeah. it gives you that validation as a musician fantastic but 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 to actually engage an audience that's actually an audience outside of that to actually uh live the life and experiences of the stories you're trying to tell yeah and those are like the best moments when i've performed and someone who isn't a musician and who's just resonated with something that I've said or is like, wow, I really 
like that really made me think of like my ex or like that really made me think of right now like my the job that I'm in or something like that or you know like it's it, those are the best moments when someone's really connected on a human level to my music um rather than like those chords were sick like <laughs> I love that melody you know like I feel I get so much more gratification from when it's someone that has come up to me and they've reflected like upon their life or their experiences from just listening to something that I've sang. And that brings us right back to a 15 or so year old Benjamin who was listening to Troy Zavan and the journey that that in itself took you on. You may have been a musician at the time, that's fine. But what I'm saying is it's that as an audience to their music at that time and where that's taken you. Yeah, totally. Benjamin Trelado. Next episode, time for Coffee at the Corner Bar with Annie Dresner. Thanks very much to Benjamin for being our feature guest. Radionotespodcast.com for show notes and links. Web design there by Steve Davis. Theme music by Martin Kennedy and All India Radio. I'm Tammy Weller. John Merch is the producer and host based in Adelaide, South Australia. Listener.